This is Alex. And this is Mason. And this is The Overcompetitive Bystanders. And this is our show where we share our strong opinions about things we don't know anything about. One of us favors college, one of us favors NFL. Let's see how this goes. All right. So for this week, I'm going to start off talking about um, week zero. Um, Mostly just with the two games that actually mattered, the two FBS games that were played. One of them was Florida-Miami, and the other one was Hawaii versus Arizona. Um, Both were pretty interesting going in, but I want to talk about each of them just a little bit because they were so similar, but they were also like distinct. So with Florida-Miami, the big thing that I saw, and going in, Florida was expected to win, I think it was by 13. It was at least by, it was by more than a touchdown. Uh, just depending on when you grab the line. But um, Florida's expected to do well. They were number eight in the country. Miami wasn't ranked. Uh, and I really liked Tony. Tony was a wide receiver on Florida. He looked great. Um, he was one of the, and P. Ryan on Florida. But bet- those two were really the ones that stood out to me as like good, talented players. Um Felipe Franks was a little too cocky. He's the Florida quarterback. Uh, Tony's wide receiver. P. Ryan is a uh, running back for Florida. They both looked pretty good. Um, Felipe Franks, I liked when he was like trash talking into the camera. Uh, a lot of people thought that was funny because he's really not that good of a quarterback, but I like trash talk. I like it when quarterbacks are more cocky than they should be. For sure. Um, especially when like the coaches were right there getting mad at him for it. and He's like going to the sideline and like yelling at the Miami fans it's like dude your team should be winning by a lot more you're you're not looking great but I loved it but um part of the thing that that game was crazy was there's so many turnovers so Florida had four turnovers Miami had one um but there were so many times where like somebody fumbled and they just like picked it back up or somebody fumbled and then somebody picked it up but fumbled again so it only counted as one fumble but it was just wild. It was so crazy. Um, it's really what made the game entertaining because <laughs> neither team really looked that great. Like that didn't look like a Florida team that should be number eight in the country. But it did look like a fun game, and that's why I loved it. It was so good. Um, but yeah, so it was pretty entertaining. But you were watching it too, weren't you? Yeah, I mean, we were texting the whole time. Like, yeah, it was, it was a great game. The, the big takeaway I had wasn't the offense. Both offenses looked kind of bad. Miami's offensive line looked like trash. Yeah, but, Miami's offensive line was terrible. But, I saw a joke that there has to be a team in Florida that's uh, offensive line is a turnstile, and it looks like it's Miami's year this year. Yeah. So they could enjoy that. Which which I'm not sure if Florida's D line is as good as they looked because Zuniga and uh, Grenard looked pretty pretty good, but yeah, that is true. Just that the, the Miami line was just dog <laughs> like yeah. I will we'll have to wait and see when they actually play a team with a good offensive line how they do. Yeah, that is that is a good point because Florida has a really good defensive line, and so it's pretty easy for a good defensive line to make a good offensive line look bad. But it just kind of depends. But yeah, um, Miami's freshman quarterback didn't really have much time to to do much and with that line coming in and, and giving them a hard time. So 
didn't really make him look great either. But, yeah. So my favorite thing with that game, though, was how it was so early in the game that we got to see the new turnover chain. Because that's my favorite thing. I love the turnover chain. Yeah, and you have to tell me about this because you text me about it and I have no idea. I had no idea before this game that there was a turnover chain. What is the turnover chain? Okay, so um, there's different things with the history of the turnover chain. Um, It really became a thing in like 2017. Uh, There are apparently Miami had variations of it even as far back as 2002 um but in 2017 uh miami came out in in their season opener and they got an interception and the player goes to the bench takes off his helmet and they just pull out this huge gold chain with a um with a just huge u the the logo on it that's like also some metal it's not gold because it's like green and orange but it's like super fancy super expensive but so cool and my favorite thing with the turnover chain is it's just so excessive it's so stupid um and every year miami has gotten a new one and every year it's been bigger and fancier like this year's it was uh the area code for miami but it had like diamonds in it and it's like uh, i didn't see what the cost estimate on it this year was but like in the past, they've been like, oh, I can't remember what it was, but there, I think there was one that was like fifty thousand oh, dollars, something geez. like that. But it's so crazy how expensive they are. But my favorite thing with it is that every single team, like little by little, started adopting turnover things. Um, and so, like Boise State, I liked what Boise State did with it last year. Um, they did a turnover throne. It was kind of stupid, but it was funny. They just had like this big throne that if a defensive player got a turnover, he could go sit on the throne and like take photos or whatever. And so it's, it, again, it's excessive. It's stupid that they're carrying around this massive chair to all of their games, but it's kind of cool. But my favorite one was that Tennessee did the turnover garbage can (laughs) it was like it was no joke it's just like they took one of those gray big garbage cans the you know that they have in like public places that you put the big black bags in and they just put like a vinyl sticker that had their checkerboard on it and then they had team 121 okay and then when the player would get a turnover they would go back and they would dunk the ball into the into the bucket but like the bucket just looks stupid because they didn't really put that much vinyl on there and then the other thing with it was it was like team 121 which why why do you want to be team 121 like it wasn't the 121st year of tennessee football it what there's more than 121 teams in fbs like but there's less teams in power five like, where is 121 coming from? And it just looked terrible. It looked so stupid. And I just love that so much that it was just like this hideous thing. And it only took like two games until they got rid of it and then just pretended it never happened. <laughs> that, that's the way to do it. No, I don't know what you're talking about. That never happened. Like, no, we never had that. a turnover garbage can. That wasn't a thing. <laughs> that's, that's ridiculous. 
that like, that wasn't a thing at all. My my favorite uh, joke is now that they brought out the the touchdown rings too. Yeah, it's, yeah, those are pretty crazy. Yeah, they're they're huge and obnoxious, and and my favorite time is every time that certain seven touchdown they were there for a good five minutes in front yeah. of the camera just you know just flexing on them yeah but so somebody on reddit was like somebody involved with miami must own a jewelry store they're trying oh, to yeah. push they're trying to push something or trying to push you know, something. they, they yep. get that stuff for free one of the oh two. yeah it's pretty it's pretty crazy but i love it i think it's so great, it's pretty great. and so that was one of the things the other thing that i loved um I'm going to text you a link to it, but um, was Miami's punter, who is an Aussie, he is just like the craziest, just, he is the most Miami person that you would ever expect to play for the University of Miami. Um, Except for his punting. He doesn't really punt like an Aussie punter. Which, which kind of makes it better that it's like he's terrifying but he's just a punter and so it's like if that's what their punter looks like like who is everyone else on that team <laughs> right um because generally it's like the punter's the soft guy but yeah so he's got like gauged ears and he's got he's just covered in tattoos he's got like this weird mustache yeah, um, saying that, I expect him to be like a linebacker, you know, something where he's smashing people every game. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, he totally looks like, and he, I mean, he is an Aussie, so I mean, there's probably a level of where he is probably going out and just crushing people. It's just what um, he does on his weekends, or I guess it's just what he does, yeah. Since he works. Yeah, because um, he is a little older, I believe. He's not like, because he's a freshman this year. Um, but he's not like 18. I think he's like 25. Okay. Let's see if I can find it. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's just absolutely. And it's funny cause like he basically just like committed to Miami and like no one else, which is pretty <laughs> random that it's like, like he didn't even visit anywhere else. It was just like, yep, I'm a, I'm gonna go to Miami and that's, that's it. I mean, if you know where you want to go, just go. Yeah. Ahead. Right. Like, it's not like Miami's a terrible program. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a pretty decent option. Like in the past, they've been great. I mean, recent yeah. years, not so much, but yeah. So uh, yeah, he's pretty terrifying, um, and I love that. Um, but the other thing that was great was the ending of that game was both teams <laughs> wanting to lose. Like right. neither team wanted to win, and that was so fun. Because um, in the last drive. It was like Florida had like three pass interference calls. One of them they ended up waving off, but it was still just like continually doing the stupidest things. Like one of the pass interferences was on like third or fourth and like 33. And the pass interference was like five yards short of the first down marker. And so it's like he could have caught it and like you would have been fine. But instead, like he just tackled the receiver. Yeah, it wasn't even like a. He was going for the no. He just tackled yeah the receiver. Yeah, he just brought him down. It's just like man, neither team wants to win, and it's so great. Um, so yeah, that was a fun one. That was just chaos, and I like that. And then the other game that happened over the weekend was Hawaii Arizona, Uh, and I was pretty excited for this one because it has Khalil Tate is a quarterback of Arizona. 
And then Cole McDonald is the quarterback of Hawaii. And Cole McDonald, actually, like some people predicted him, predict well, they're still predicting him, to be the Mountain West Offensive Player of the Year this year. Oh, wow. Um, which, when you're in a conference with Jordan Love and with a couple other people who can who can really show up, um, that's a pretty good accomplishment. Um, but then he threw for four touchdowns and four interceptions and got benched in the fourth quarter. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like... Player of the year right there. Player, player of the year getting benched with four touchdowns and four interceptions. Benched game one. Yeah. Um, and the backup came in and looked okay. Um, I can't remember his name, but he threw for one touchdown. I think he was like five for eight, threw for like 80 yards. Um, looked okay. Didn't It wasn't super impressive, but it wasn't like... I still think McDonald's going to be fine. Um, it's going to be more of a, okay, we got to coach some of this crap out of you. Cause like three of his four interceptions that he threw for were not like, Oh man, what a play by the defender. Oh, the receiver should have caught that. And it just bounced off his hand. Like they were right at the wide receiver or right at the defensive uh, back. Like the safety would just be standing there and he should be like, Oh yeah, this one's for you. He just, is he colorblind? Maybe just, I don't know. saw the wrong I team. Think. Never I wonder if his dreads got in his eyes. Way. His dreads might have gotten his eyes because he's got really cool dreads. That's gotta be it. Um, but yeah, so it was it was crazy. But the other thing that was good was Khalil Tate uh, for Arizona looked really good again. Because um, so in 2017 he looked great, and then going into 2018 he was like a dark horse Heisman candidate. Um, but then he looked pretty bad against BYU the first game, and then he got hurt in the second game, and then he just kind of didn't – he never really got healthy again. Mm-hmm. And so it looks like he's healthy again, and it looks like they're finally figuring out the offensive like strategy to get him going because um, he was very mobile. He was very fun to watch. He was a hoot. Um and so that was super fun. That was that was really good to see. So I was happy with that. Um, but but that game was also cool because there was six turnovers um, that Hawaii had and two for Arizona as well. So it was another one that was just like both teams, just like anybody can have the ball. We don't really care if you try hard enough. We'll ha- we'll just hand you the ball. It'll it's just whatever whoever well apparently they don't even need to try mcdonald's just gonna give you the ball anyway yeah mcdonald's just gonna throw it to you anyway you just have to ask and just be like hey on this next plat pass like can you just throw it over my way and he's like yeah sure whatever man here in hawaii we're real we're real loving we love sharing so yeah Maybe you're good pick two. yeah yeah the mick pick two yeah dude Mc he was going four. wild yeah the the mick pick four yeah <laughs> so but that one had the craziest ending like the miami florida was was good um but the hawaii arizona was crazy so with like five minutes left in the game hawaii scored to be up by 10 and then arizona got the ball back went down and with like three minutes left three and a half minutes left or so yeah arizona made a field goal with like three and a half minutes left to cut it to seven um and then hawaii got the ball and couldn't finish so they punted it back and it went back to arizona and arizona goes driving and then with eight seconds left in the game um 
Khalil Tate drops back to pass from like the 32 yard line. Doesn't see anything. Starts rolling out. Goes for the sideline, and with like four seconds left, he's. You can tell he's about to step out, but he sees this huge opening right in the middle of the field. So he's like, "Okay, this is it," and cuts it. Goes. And then a defensive lineman who tried to sack him had just been sprinting straight downfield, and he catches him and tackles him at the one-yard line as time expires. That's that's what I love to see. The defensive lineman never giving up on the play, especially like a play like that where it's just soul-crushing for the other team. Yeah, probably my favorite thing with it was that everybody was like, yeah, look at that, number 49, doing a great job, putting the hustle in. And everybody was like giving him mad respect for for doing a good job. No one said what is what the kid's name was. Everyone's <laughs> just like, "Yeah, forty nine. What a play! What a play by forty nine." I probably didn't know. It. Cool, good job, forty nine. I don't know. Nobody knows who you are. Nobody cared to find it while they were tweeting about how good of an effort you did. But good job. <laughs> so that was pretty funny. Um, but um, I think the best performance from anyone this weekend was by Hawaii's receiver. uh, I swear it's like Bird. It's like Bird or Brid or something like that. Um, But he had four touchdowns as a receiver on 15 catches and 224 yards. Oh, damn. Yeah. So, so, I mean, you want him on your fantasy team if you can can get him because, man, he had had a real good game. He had a real good game. Um, and so there's a couple games I want to talk about that are coming up this week, just to highlight them. Um, the first one is the Fres or the, yeah, we'll go Fresno State versus USC is the first one. Um, I think that one's just super interesting because Fresno State, uh, just won the Mountain West last year. USC has been down. It's at USC. Um, the Pac-12 has lost their last five games against the Mountain West. Um, and so this doesn't look like it's very tough for Fresno state. Um, I mean, USD is still favored and I think they're favored by way too much. According to Vegas, uh, Vegas right now has USC winning by 13.5. I feel like that's a super safe one to take the under, um, USC. Yeah. I think they're going to be athletic and they might step up and they might do better, but, Fresno, I think, is more proven, and I think Fresno's going to be excited. I think they're going to go out and do well. I could see them stealing the game, but even if they don't, it's going to be a close one. Yeah. So, USC does have a new offensive coordinator, and that can go either way. Either they yeah, exactly. they're not new, used to the new system, or he comes in, revamps the system, and they just dominate. Yeah, and so. what's crazy is this is their third offensive coordinator in 12 months. Yeah, USC is going through a bunch of turnover. Because they had turnover. they had an offensive coordinator for a month or two weeks or whatever it was with Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> it's so great. We'll, we'll talk USC's about wild. It. We'll talk about him next week. Okay, um, and then the other game, one of the other games I want to talk about is the uh, Florida State versus Boise State. Um, I think that one will be a really good one as well. Uh, Florida State is coming off of what's arguably their worst season ever. Um, and so they're looking to bounce back. Uh, their big problem last year is that their offensive line was terrible. Um, 
So like with the Miami joke, like somebody's got to have a turnstile offensive line. Last year it was Florida State. They were absolutely horrible. Um, it didn't matter who it was that they were playing. Every single defensive line could get through and could just cause problems. And so it was super common for just anybody and everybody to give Florida State problems. Um, but Boise State, on the other hand, I think Boise State's defense is going to be really good. They've got Curtis Weaver. He is a stud. That is his official position. Um, he's incredible. He's he's kind of a linebacker, uh, defensive end position. Okay. Um, he does great. He's it, on most accounts. He is the best player in the Mountain West. Uh, he's got a good shot to go to the NFL next year. Um, I think he'll do really well. The big question with Boise is Brett Rippon graduated. He was a four-year starter. Now um, it's who's going to replace him. They're named um, Bachmeyer is going to be the new starter. He is a true freshman. He was a four-star recruit, um, so he's supposed to be pretty good. But going to Tallahassee uh, and playing, or maybe it's in Jackson. Yeah, it's in Jacksonville. Sorry. The game's in Jacksonville. So it's basically a home game for Florida State, but it's officially a neutral site. Um, but going to Jacksonville and playing Florida State is a big start for a true freshman. Yeah. That's that's going to be wild for him. But guy. his offensive line is really big and talented, and they didn't lose that much on their offensive line. And so I, they probably can give him some time. Um, it's going to be a question of if those weapons are ready early, because I think – you know, throughout the season, Boise's going to develop well. I think they're going to get good experience, but it's just a question of how how quickly can Bachmeyer grow up, and is is he really the right guy? Right. It's... So, um, and then the next game I wanted to talk about was uh, the game that happens on Thursday, and it is Utah versus BYU, the Holy War, um, one of the best rivalries in the country, um, but right now one of the ones that has been very decided um over the past decade uh byu hasn't beaten utah since 2009 um most of the games have been pretty close they've all been all except for one i think has been within eight points um last year utah thought they were going to lose um byu thought they had the win in hand uh byu was up by 17 points i believe it was with a minute left in the third and blew it and ended up losing in regulation to Utah. I wish people could see how big your smile was when you're saying <laughs> so BYU lost. Oh my gosh, it was hilarious. Because oh. I wasn't really watching it. I was watching the Utah State-Boise State game um, and a little bit of Ooh, the Texas a and LSU game that went to seven overtimes. Um, Both and games. especially once I saw that BYU, I was like, ah, oh, BYU's going to win. That's It's pretty decided. And then all of a sudden it was just like little by little, Utah just chipped away and took it from them. And that was just hilarious. It was so funny. Um, so, but the big thing is, is that Utah is getting a lot of respect nationally. Um, yeah. Lee Corso uh, picked him to be not just in the playoff, but to beat Clemson in the first round and to play Bama in the championship. Wow. Which is crazy. Um, that's a lot of respect. Um, Utah is kind of the popular hot take team to be in the playoff. Um, I've seen it from Fox sports has talked about it. ESPN's talked about it. A lot of different podcasts are talking about it, about how, you know, it's kind of the team that everyone's like, Oh yeah. Like 
everybody predicts, you know, Bama and Clemson in the playoff, but I predict Utah is going to be in the playoff. So that shows I know a lot about it. Um, so it'll be interesting. I think Utah has a good shot. Um, Utah has arguably the best defensive line in the country. Uh, they have um, a good offensive line. They have they have Zach Moss, who's arguably one of the best running backs in the country. They have Jalen Johnson, who is one of the best cornerbacks in the country. Um, they have some weapons at wide receiver. Tyler Huntley has done well at quarterback when he's healthy. So they look good. Um, I think the big thing is that the Pac-12 isn't that strong, especially the Pac-12 South, where USC is probably the biggest challenge. And we've already talked about how they just don't seem great. So Utah's the favorite to win the Pac-12 South. Um, and then they don't have that many other challenges. And so if they can roll through, this is the year for Utah to make a showing, win the conference. And there's not that much in their way to go undefeated. And if they go undefeated, they're in the playoff. So, yeah, I think my question, big question is Huntley. Can he stay healthy and can he have a, a solid year? Cause yeah. he looked when he was healthy last year, he looked, he looked good. He wasn't, yeah. And I don't think he was ever in Heisman confrontation or, no. you know, contention no yeah no i wouldn't i wouldn't say he's heisman contention if there's anybody on utah who i think would be closer to heisman contention it's moss at at running back but um i think huntley's good enough that's the big thing he's he's not like he's not the best quarterback in the state but he's good enough that he's not going to be the one to to blow he's gonna be able to will you to some wins so I like him. But with the BYU-Utah game, the big question, um, I tried to look for question marks on both teams. Um, BYU's receivers are a really big question mark. They have a good O-line. I think Wilson's a good quarterback. He's very young, but he's good. Uh, They got some grad transfers in that should help their running game. Um, Their defense returned most of the talent. Um, I think their defensive ends aren't great. But the biggest question is their receivers. Um, it really just comes down to the idea of even if Wilson's doing great, do they even have the speed to separate from people? Do they have the hands to catch it? Because that's that's the big thing that happened last year is uh, Mangum and Wilson would make decent throws and they just would be covered because they couldn't get it, they couldn't separate from anybody. Or even if it just hit him in the hands, they just couldn't hold on to anything. So that's the big question with BYU and with Utah. The biggest question. Um, is probably the linebackers. Um, but they also have like Francis Bernard, who's a great linebacker. They, they have good talent at linebacker. It's more a question of depth. They lost Manny Bowen, who is a Penn State transfer, um, because he retired from football, uh, during fall camp. So, uh, that's a tough one that they'll, they'll miss. But in general, I think, that the Utah BYU game is going to be pretty heavily in in Utah's favor. I can't believe in all that time you talking about Utah, you'd never mentioned Kyle Whittingham. Well, uh, that's the other thing. Kyle Whittingham, he just always has the defense ready. So even with how the linebackers aren't, you know, all the way there, I I trust Kyle Whittingham in that. Yeah, he's one of my so, favorite college coaches of all time. Him and Urban Meyer. So yeah, I think they're they're great. Yeah. Um, I think as long as Kyle's at Utah, they're going to do great. Um, I don't know how great Utah's going to do when Kyle eventually retires, but yeah, I think, and, and yeah, and that's a big part. I think people trust Kyle 
um, nationally, he has a lot of respect. And so I think that's a big thing is people are like, they're generally, generally everyone thinks that they'll have like a seven or eight win year. And then they end up going and having nine wins or 10 years. 10 wins so now everybody's like well maybe they could have 10 or 11 and they're like well with Kyle Whittingham you generally add one or two wins and that's undefeated that's in the playoff so that'd be pretty sweet um and then the last game that I want to touch on real quick is the Oregon Auburn game um this is really the only game that I think is a important game early on um the other ones I think have the potential to trip somebody up but this is the first one that's like two big teams. Um, Oregon and Auburn are both in the top 15, 16 or so. Um, and so it'll be really good. Auburn's favored by 3.5 right now. Um, so, it, But it's it's neutral site, but it's down like in the south. So it's kind of a little bit of home field for them. Um, but the big thing is, so Oregon has Justin Herbert, who is probably the best quarterback in the Pac-12. Um, he is a Heisman contender. He is a first round contender for the NFL draft next year. Looks really good. Um, and then they also got Kayvon Thibodeau, Thibodeau. I, I don't trust myself to say it, but he's a defensive end who's, who looks really good. He was the number one recruit in the country last year. Um, he's at Oregon. He's looking great. Um, he's supposed to be a starter and supposed to do wonders. So I'm really high on him. Um, But with Auburn, they have a really strong offensive line. They return five senior starters. So um, that freshman, true freshman, is going to have a hard time busting through. It's really going to test his worth. Um, But they did lose um, three starters at linebacker. And so that's another opportunity for Herbert to pick on him. So I think Auburn's going to pull it out. Um, I think they're going to look pretty good as they go on. And I think it's necessary for the Pac-12 because they have looked down the past few years to get this win against Auburn and and kind of adjust the national perception of the conference. Yeah, this is really big. I think it's a big year for Herbert. You decide not to go to the NFL draft to play your senior year. Mm-hmm. You're, you're hoping to have a big year to, to boost your draft potential up until that, you know, top five oh, yeah. pick, hopefully, you know. Yep. I, I, and he's got potential. I think it's going to be hard for him um, – to jump Tua, I just I think yeah. Tua's he's going to be up there. I mean, there's always the question of maybe Tua gets hurt and and sticks around another year. Maybe Tua just is similar and is like, no, I'm going to stick around for my senior year. You know, kind of yeah. anything's in the air. But um, yeah, I think Herbert's got a got a good shot to to be that top five pick in the in the NFL draft. Uh, I, I don't so, hear anyone saying that they're going to tank for Herbert, but no. tank for two is definitely a thing for a Cowboys Yeah, tank for two is a thing. Yeah. We'll actually talk about, I think, both of those teams today. So, Yeah. Um, so, And then I wanted to give a quick rundown of who I have winning each conference, um, well, the seven major conferences, and then who I have in the playoff. Um, so, um, in short... For the Pac-12, I think the championship game is going to be Oregon versus Utah. Um, and then I actually have Utah winning that one. I, It's right there with Kyle Whittingham. It's some of the stuff I already talked about. Um, I think they'll look good year in, like throughout the whole year. Um, 
And then for the ACC, Clemson is easy to ride in as winning their division. And then I actually have Bronco Mendenhall in Virginia winning their division. Um, It's kind of a weak division. I think it's actually probably the weakest division in uh, college football. Um, Yeah, in Power 5. It's there's it's a there's good teams. Pitt won it last year with like a seven and five record. Um, it's I don't know. I think Virginia will be good. I think Clemson will win the conference easily over them. Um, for the SEC, it feels stupid, but it's going to be Bama and Georgia. They're probably two of the three best teams in the country. The other one is Clemson. Um, so it's tough that they're probably going to knock one or the other out with that game but yeah i think bama's gonna gonna get it just fine um i think bama moves on um for the big 12 i have texas and oklahoma horns down um i think oklahoma will win it i think texas is still growing i don't think texas is all the way back there's talk of them being in the playoff i don't think they're gonna be in the playoff um then for the Big Ten, I think this is Michigan's year. Um, Ohio State's probably a little down this year with how they lost Urban and they have a new head coach. And the Big 12 East is so hard. Between Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Penn State, there's no room for error. Um, and then the other teams in the conference are also pretty tough. So I think Michigan is able to finally beat Ohio State. It's been a while since they've been able to beat them. And they're finally able to win the division. Harbaugh looks good. And they end up playing Nebraska in the conference championship game. Um, That's, again, another not-that-great division. Uh, Wisconsin has historically done pretty well in there. um, And that's been about it. Nebraska should do better. Northwestern won it last year with, like, an 8-4 record. Um, So, yeah, I have uh, Michigan versus Nebraska – and Michigan winning that one. And then uh, for the Mountain West, I have San Diego State winning the West and Boise State winning the Mountain, um, and then San Diego State winning the conference. So I know people are high on Fresno State. I think Fresno State's good too. I think they lost a little too much this year. Um, I think San Diego State's always going to be good. I don't love that they're switching to a spread offense while still trying to keep an emphasis on the run, but I think that they'll still have the talent to keep moving through and, and do pretty well. They're definitely not going to be undefeated, um, but they'll probably be ranked. Um, well, they will be ranked if they win the conference, but um, they'll probably be ranked even before that. Um, and then for the American, I have UCF and Memphis, um, and then UCF winning that one. I could see Houston stealing it from Memphis. Um, I can't see anybody stealing it from UCF. Um, and same thing with winning the conference. So I think UCF will still, they probably won't go undefeated again this year. Um, just cause the odds of going undefeated three years in a row is next to nothing, but it's a good shot for him to prove themselves. They have Stanford early on. So that's a win that could potentially have an argument for the playoff if they're undefeated again. But yeah. that was going to be my question. If UCF goes undefeated for the third year, can we keep them out of the playoffs? So, with UCF, it it comes down to a question of where's everyone else at? Um, because, so if every single, well, 
if there are three power five teams that are undefeated and and or one loss or one loss um and then there everyone else has two losses i think there's a good argument for ucf um getting that fourth spot but if there are four or more teams that have that are undefeated or one loss ucf's not getting in um especially last year they got lit up by lsu Mm -hmm. and lsu's a good team lsu could have had an argument for the playoff had they beat texas a&m and you know won a couple more but um i just last year's ucf team wasn't even as good as the year before's ucf team this year's ucf team maybe um but i think it it's the whole point of okay well you won one you lost one uh what's to say that you belong in it this year um but yeah so my playoff that i have is i think clemson's going to be number one bama's going to be number two Oklahoma is going to be number three. Um, and then I think Utah actually takes the fourth spot. I was between Utah and Michigan. I mean, those are the, the power five champions are, are those five. Um, but basically what I think is, I think there's a higher probability that Utah goes undefeated um, and wins the conference or has one loss and wins the conference um, to the probability that Michigan is undefeated or one loss. Um, because, um, I just think Michigan's schedule is, is harder. You know, it's the whole idea of Ohio state, Penn state, um, you know, everybody in, in the big 10 is good. Um, there's, there's very little let down other than Rutgers and maybe Illinois, but, um, I think Michigan's going to have to fight their way through. And I think there are way too many tripping points for them. I don't think Utah has those points. That's not to say that Utah's a better team. Um, but I just think that the path for Utah makes more sense than the path for Michigan. Okay. So. Yeah, because that's the top four. Well, I had Michigan in my top four, but I think you talked me out of it. It makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense so. that Utah could, could get there undefeated. So. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I could see that happening. I could see Oklahoma tripping up and Utah jumping them and Michigan taking it from Oklahoma. Um, I could see Georgia sneaking in with one loss. If they're only like if Georgia's only losses in the SEC championship to an undefeated Bama team, I mean that might be a team that makes it, assuming that the other conference champions have multiple losses. So right. that's what's tough. Um, I don't see LSU making it. There's some talk about them making it this year. Um, there's there's just too much to go through there. Um, Oregon is a similar scenario with Utah. Um, where if they can make it through, if they can beat Auburn, um, they have a really good path, but I just don't see that happening. So, Fair enough. But yeah, um, I know you wanted to talk just as a final talking point about some of the quarterbacks, um, about Jordan Love and about Tyler Lawrence um, and just kind of some of the stuff going on around them. So what were some questions you had there? So I, I, I I didn't watch as much Utah State football last year, and that's when they they had one of the best offensive in the in the league. So, mm-hmm. so as someone who expects to watch a little bit more, what 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 should I expect about Jake Love? Why are so people so high on Jake Love? Jordan Love, yeah, Jordan Love, jeez. Um, but yeah, so with Jordan, the big thing is he's big, he's tall, he's strong, he's athletic. Um, he's the type of player that can run if he needs to but doesn't run initially. Um, That's my favorite. 
Yeah, that's the thing. Like, because with Chucky Keaton um, at Utah State before, he was he was really good, but he loved getting out of the pocket, and you know maybe he got a little antsy in the pocket, and so it it opened the liability to injury. But Jordan is a little bigger. Um, he's probably not as good a runner as Chucky, but he's close. But he just doesn't run like Chucky did. Um, he has a great arm. He has great accuracy. Um, he puts good zip on the ball. Um, and the, one of the biggest things is he makes smart decisions. There weren't many plays last year for, for Utah State that you watched and just had this idea of where were you going with it or um, where you, he threw it and you just were clueless where it was or where he just totally missed a wide open receiver, you know, there were very few mistakes on his part. There were a few times that balls got dropped or, you know, times that he just threw the ball away. Um, but he, he did incredible. I mean, one of his worst games per se, um, was the Michigan state game because he, I don't think he had any touchdown passes. Um, maybe he had one, but he had two interceptions, but one of the interceptions was, um, just, not a great play, but it was, you know, very early in the season against P five. Um, and then the other interception was really at the end of the game as he was going for kind of a last hail Mary kind of type of thing to try and keep, to try and extend the game. Um, and so it, it was tough, but he grew up really quick over the season. He looked really good, but one of my fears is he had a really good offensive line around him this year. Um, Really, only one of those starters returned. Um, it's kind of even debatable if it was a starter because there was kind of a rotation between the starters. Um, so there's one starter that returned. He's a junior. And then the other offensive linemen are going to be two freshmen and two sophomores. Um, and so my fear is that this year Jordan's not going to look as great um, just because he's going to have a lot more pressure around him. But this is also a good opportunity for him to show off that even when he has pressure, he's able to create plays. Even when he doesn't have time, he's able to quickly make decisions and do what needs to be done. So that's that's what I think is going to happen. I think he's going to look good. Um, if he can stay healthy, I think he's still got he's got those intangibles or the I guess the measurements more than anything that NFL scouts love. Um, there's multiple people that have. NFL scouts that have talked about how he's probably the third best quarterback in the draft uh, behind Herbert and Tua. And depending on where teams needs are, he could be a top 10 pick. So that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. That would be pretty cool for Utah State. Yeah. Uh, All right. And my other question is urban Meyer said that Trevor Lawrence is the best college quarterback ever. How do, how do you feel about that? Do you agree? Disagree? Oh, it's wrong. It's very wrong. Um, he has the potential to get close. Um, but the best college quarterback ever was Kellen Moore out of Boise state. He is the best college quarterback ever. There's, there is nothing anyone can do to convince me. Otherwise he has the record for most wins as a college quarterback. He went 50 and three in four years as a starter. Um, two of those losses came in, um, very close games to TCU. Um, one of them in a BCS game, the other one to decide the Mountain West Conference. Um, and then the other loss was 
off of just the worst thing ever with Kyle Bratzman in Nevada against Colin Kaepernick. Mm. Um, and it was just, you know, super close, went into overtime, barely lost. All of those games were incredible. He's one of the most successful quarterbacks of all time, um, holds records in multiple places. He is the best college quarterback of all time. I think Lawrence has a chance to do similar things, but I also just think like the whole idea of like playing at a big school um, can change that. It can skew that view. Now, obviously, if Trevor Lawrence goes undefeated and he stays for his senior year, he has a shot at at matching at beating by by a lot Kellen's uh, win record, but. I he's not going to stick around for his senior year, and I think at some point he'll lose three games over the next two years, probably. Um, even if they are playoff games, it's just what Kellen did was incredible. Okay, I I agree that I don't think he's there yet. I think to say that after a freshman year, as good as he looked, I think that's crazy mm-hmm. to say. I expected yeah. to hear more names like Deshaun Watson, Matt Leinart, Vince Young, you know. See, but, but the problem is so many of those guys were one year, you know, right. it's like, it, um, it's like Baker Mayfield was incredible. I think Baker was, was awesome. Um, Tua as, as a, his one, like when he came in, in the, uh, national championship game and won it, like, that's awesome. Like there's a lot of little moments that are awesome, but I think to call somebody the greatest, you know, college quarterback of all time, you got to look at the whole thing. You yeah. got to look at, at multiple years. I think that's fair. I mean, Deshaun Watson did go to the national championship twice and won one of them. But that is true. Yeah, I mean, he was good. He was good. Yeah. But yeah, that that's my view on see, it. See, see, I'm in the view that Trevor Lawrence isn't as good as Deshaun Watson yet. I won't, I won't argue with you whether Kellen Moore is better than Deshaun Watson because I'll be honest, I didn't watch a single game of Kellen Moore. So I, I, I can't even speak to his accolades or his, his, how good he was. Yeah, and I'm sitting here wearing a Kellen Moore jersey right now. Right, so I, I see that. That's the viewers thing. can't see that, but I can see that. Yeah. Okay. So, all right, and that's all I got for college this week. I went over time, but... Yeah, I noticed. It's all right. Yeah. All right, so in this week, I'm going to preview the AFC. Next week, I plan on doing the NFC. Um, I'll kind of give an overview of what to expect from each team and then kind of do what you did, who who I expect to win the division and then who I expect to re- represent the conference in the Super Bowl. Okay, and so first we're going to talk about what I think is the strongest division. I think the AFC North could be argued, but I think the AFC West this year is going to be the, the strongest division. And we're going to start out with who I think the strongest team is in the Chiefs. So talking about the Chiefs, uh, the biggest the biggest news this offseason was with Tyreek Hill not being suspended. Um, oh, I yeah. think I think most people going into the, the offseason thought he would at least be suspended for at least six games, um, if not more than that, and maybe let go by the Chiefs just like Kareem Hunt. Um, mm-hmm. So the, the fact that he wasn't suspended is huge for their offense. Um and the and and all I'll say about that is is I I really hope that the fact that he wasn't suspended means that they didn't find anything and this isn't yeah. just like another NFL player getting away with with you know domestic abuse. So it, it, yeah. if if he did it, I hope he dies painfully and burns in hell. But mm-hmm. I'm gonna go with them and say that he didn't do it, which is which is great for this Chiefs offense because I can't imagine this Chiefs offense with with Sammy Watkins as the wide receiver one. 
It, yeah. And really, he wouldn't be the wide receiver one. It'd be Kelsey as the wide receiver one. He would just be playing in the tight end. Yeah. <laughs> be playing tight end, yeah. yeah. Um, so the Chiefs obviously have Mahomes, Mahomes boy, uh, mm-hmm. at quarterback, who's just amazing. And going into really his, his, his second year, I mean, he was basically a redshirt last year, right? Redshirt freshman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, redshirt freshman, basically. So, yeah. so a lot of people are expecting regression, and and some of that is probably to be expected, just because there's there's now a year of tape. You can look at Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, and you can you can see some tendencies. But I don't think we're going to see regression in Mahomes. I think he's going to take a step forward, and I think he's going to be probably the best quarterback in the league this year. Um, mm. It's it's arguable whether it was him last year. I think he was, but I think for sure at the end of this year it'll be bar none Mahomes at number one. Um, you know, the, so the Chiefs, they traded away D Ford. They released Justin Houston and Eric Berry, but they went up and picked up Carlos Hyde from the, who was released by the Jags, uh, Tyron Matthew, the honey badger from the Texans, Alex, uh, Okafor, yeah. Frank Clark, who's going to make their secondary a lot better than it was last year. And then probably you're my favorite player, Darwin Thompson. I oh yeah, DT D train, yeah. Uh, who who's exploding in the in the the preseason? People are super hyped on DT. He's expected. Yep. I think right now, if you look at the Chiefs website, he's at the fourth fourth string. But I think he's at the second string right now, and I think he'll yeah. be by the end of the year. Him and Damian Williams will honestly be competing for the number one spot because, mm-hmm. I mean, Damian Williams only really took over for the last six weeks of the last year, and we haven't really seen a whole season from him. So I'm, I'm excited to see how their, their running backs do. Yep. Um, um, so their offense is going to be deadly. Uh, it, it, it's, it's honestly whether Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew and Alex Okafor can, can strengthen that defense because they were the 32 ranked defense last year. They were awful. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the fact that they made it to the AFC championship with the worst defense in the league is amazing. So, mm-hmm. so to, to see to see how they do with with basically the same offense, and at least a better secondary. Um, they're, they're with Justin Houston and D Ford leaving. Um, their front seven might not be as strong, but I, I would argue that the secondary is a lot more a lot more important. Um, mm-hmm. So so I think the Chiefs will win their division this year, and I think they'll they'll, they'll be competing if not in the Super Bowl this year. Um, yeah. You know, and the the other team they're going to be competing really strongly with in their division is the Chargers, um, and the two big okay. the two big stories from the Chargers this off season, or I guess Derwin James isn't really from this off season, but from going into the season is Derwin James being injured with his right foot. He's on IR, so he won't be there until at least week eight, and he might <laughs> not have been the, the the best player on their defense, but he was a huge part of their defense. He played at basically every position in the secondary. He was all over. Um, losing him's a big deal. Um, and then Melvin Gordon obviously is holding out. Um, he's, he's demanding to be basically the highest paid running back, just like Ezekiel. And we'll talk about Ezekiel next, next season, but I don't think Mm -hmm. you you should pay either of them. Um, Oh really? I don't think you should. I think I'm a Rams fan. You know this. I'm a huge Rams fan. Uh I think they overpaid Todd Gurley. And I think they were able to do that because they were, they had, Jared Goff and a lot of their uh, offense contract, on, yeah. on rookie contracts, so they were able to get away mm-hmm. with it. But the, the, the Chargers, the, the Chargers is just too stacked to, to to give Melvin Gordon, who's had he only played 
only in 2017 has he played all 16 games. He's had injury problems in every season, and I just don't think you you pay a player like that $15 million a year when you have Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson, who when Melvin Gordon sprained his MCL in Week 12 and mixed through games, they they weren't the best, but they did their job, and they were good enough that they, they, they can win with them. Um, it wasn't a steep drop off. Yeah, and they, and they have they still have Keenan Allen. Allen. They have they picked up Mike Williams. They have Hunter Henry, who's probably my top t- tight end, or not top. Mm-hmm. T- so, my top tight end after you go under the top three of Kelsey, Kittle, and Zacherts. I think Hunter yeah. Henry and OJ Howard and Vance McDonald from the Steelers are going to be fighting for that for that fourth spot. Um, the, the the biggest thing is uh, for them is um, Philip Rivers is getting old, and according to P- PFF, they have the ranked 29th offensive line. <laughs> that's that's pretty bad. All right? Yeah, it's pretty bad uh, to have to, to 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 be that low. So it's some so, trouble. Yep. Um, you know, Philip Rivers is experienced enough. He can he can deal with that, and he has enough offensive weapons that he can probably get the ball out early. And but. But it's it, it's hard to to put up a championship run with an offensive line that's that bad. Um, oh yeah, uh, they they do have the fourth ranked secondary, um, and they should have Joey Bosa back completely back from injury, mm-hmm. and hopefully Melvin Ingram can get back up to form because he hasn't been great. Um, I think the Chargers will be fighting for a wild card spot this year. Um, I don't think they, I think the Chiefs take a step forward and the Chargers take a step back this year. Um, okay, and the the. the the other team, the Raiders, um, I think, hmm. man, if you watch Hard Knocks, they, they, they think they're ready. They, they they think they have a championship team they put together. I mean, every team does, though. That's the thing, is if you're not walking into day one of the season thinking that you can compete, what are you doing? Right, right. But, I mean, Antonio Brown, it's... I mean, I, granted, he is in front of cameras and he knows in front of cameras, but he's going around saying, dude, we got a, such a good team this year. I'm so excited to be playing for the Raiders this year. We're, we're going to be so good. And it's like, yep. eh, you guys are going to be fighting for 500. You, yep. you, I, I think Antonio Brown is, is in for a wake-up call when he realizes he no longer have, has Ben Roethlisberger throwing in the ball. He has Derek Carr, who, who's not terrible. But he's he's not great. He doesn't have an arm like Ben. Um, yeah. And I, I do think Antonio Brown does make Derek Carr look better than he has in the past few years because Derek Carr really hasn't had that great of offensive weapons. Um, mm. They do have Hunter Ren- Renfro, who I loved at yeah, Clemson. Yeah, I liked him. Yeah, so I like I'm excited him. to see him play. Um, I just don't think it's it's their year quite yet. Um, they, I think Gruden is is making some changes there that that will definitely help but I don't think it'll be enough. Um, and, then okay. the, and then the Broncos. You got Joe Flacco starting. Eh, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to do great. I think by the end of the season, though, he'll be replaced by Drew Locke. Um, Drew Locke. Is Drew Locke really that much better? Uh, no, I don't think he's that much better. But he's young. Better, but he's young, and I think... I, 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 I think if Joe Flacco doesn't have a return to that Super Bowl season he had... And I don't know. Maybe they 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 let Drew Locke sit for a year behind him, like they did with Patrick Mahomes. But mm. I think Drew Locke has a strong arm. He's really good with the D ball, but he does have a tendency to overthrow. And they, I do have some questions at accuracy. Um, but I did see some really tight window throws that I was impressed with. There's one mm. against the the Seahawks where he 
I don't think that the, the, the wide receiver even saw the ball until it was in his hands. Like he just turned yeah. and all of a sudden the ball's in his hands. It was, it was a great right throw. But, um, that was good. Uh, like most college footballs, or college football, like most co- uh, QBs that just came out of college, I think he holds the ball too long. I think he struggles under pressure. Um, and I just, when Emmanuel Sanders and Cortland Sutton are your, your best wide receivers, Emmanuel Sanders is great, but he's coming off of injury, and Cortland Sutton's, he's, he's, he, 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 they're fine. They're just not amazing. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think they, they're fighting for five or six wins this year. Mm. Um, okay. Yeah, that's fair. And then moving to the AFC South, we have the biggest news of the weekend with Andrew Luck retiring. Um, yeah. This was this was huge because if you've been listening to people like Colin Cowherd or people like that, people are expecting the Colts to be fighting for a Super Bowl. Uh, mm-hmm. Cowherd said that he believed that the Colts were about to start a dynasty. And... Yep. And Andrew Luck is up and retired, and it's done. Yep. And I think everybody said this already, but you can't blame Andrew Luck for retiring. Oh yeah, I think it's a good choice. Yeah. Just you know what he said: injury, pain, rehab, injury, pain, rehab. And the the biggest thing he said is he's lost the joy in the game. And and Gronkowski said the same thing. And when you lose the mm-hmm. joy in the game, football is hard. Like I don't know. Yeah. I went to the Ram training camp. They work hard. They. It, practices are hard games yep. are punishing if you don't have joy in the game i don't i don't think you can you can, I don't, I, yeah i think it's good i i wish it had come at a better time rather than two weeks before the, the beginning of the season but when you're done you're done like yeah like Vontae davis <laughs> no, yeah. quit in the middle at halftime of the game and i <laughs> at the time i probably thought he was an idiot but with by going back and listening to him talk about it, i think it was the right move for Vontae davis um, yeah so i can't blame andrew luck but i just yeah, yeah i agree he's he i just i just wish we could have seen more andrew luck i mean in the first three years he had a terrible team a terrible coach a terrible gm a terrible o-line he went 11 mm-hmm. and 5 11 and 5 11 and 5 that's amazing yeah. There, yeah. there there's very few quarterbacks who could who could win more than eight games with that team let it go 11 and 5 and 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 winning and and be in the playoffs and do everything. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So the, 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 the big question is Jacoby Brissett, right? He's taking over yeah. Andrew Luck. We're going to have to see how well he does because 2017, he didn't look impressive at all. He looked mediocre Ooh. as hell. Um, but the Colts have gotten better since then. The offensive line has gotten a lot better since then. Um, and Jacoby Brissett has been working as basically the first team offense all off season because of Andrew Luck's mm-hmm. mysterious injury rehab and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited to see how the Colts do at, at the, you know, a week ago, I'd have told you the Colts were a lock for, to win the division and, and probably were fighting for a Super Bowl. Now I, I think they could win their division. I just, I, I think, I think this division is just too close to call now. Um, yeah. Well, and, and, do you think that there's like a trade opportunity that they could do to get a different quarterback this year? There's just not that many quarterbacks available. I mean, Jacoby Brissett was labeled as the best backup quarterback. Mm. So I, I just don't know who, who you're going to be picking up. Um, okay. I don't think any teams looking to get rid of their, their starting quarterback um, this year. Is there anybody that potentially could be tanking for Tua? that 
giving up their quarterback could be beneficial. So there, there's two teams I see tanking for two, at least in the AFC, and that is the Bengals and the Dolphins. And I, don't, I honestly, I wouldn't trade for Andy Dalton at this point. I think he's shown that he's not going to be anything special. And, and yeah. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick is who you'd look, be looking for. At oh, Dolphins. yeah, Fitzmagic. I and, love it. And as great as Fitzmagic is, is I, I just don't think I, – I would rather have Jacoby Brissett, I think, honestly, okay. uh, at least for a season. I think the Colts are definitely going to be looking – to to get one of those those quarterbacks that are going to be coming out of the out of the draft, maybe I don't think they're going to be total ass this year, so they probably won't have a chance at Tua. Probably won't have a chance at Herbert, but hey, maybe maybe that's where Love ends up. That'd be great. I'd love to see. It could it. Be, I'd, know. Yeah. I'd love to see Love end up at the Colts. <laughs> there you um, go. And I so the team that I actually think is going to win this division now is the Texans, and and it's all because of Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson okay. is. I love this guy. He's a, he's just so fun to watch. Um, he can throw the ball. He can run the ball. He's just he's just an all, all around athlete. Um, unfortunately for Deshaun Watson, he has the thirty first ranked offensive line by PFF, and that's only Ooh. better than the Dolphins. And and that's never the company you want to be in, where you're only better than the yeah, Dolphins. No. Um, yeah. Not to mention that that they they just lost Lamar Miller yes, which Miller, yep. which is which is big but they did pick up Duke Johnson who <laughs> I, honestly Lamar Miller's been up and down he hasn't been super consistent he hasn't been an all-star so Duke Johnson can fill that role um and then he has DeAndre Hopkins who I just love yeah. Will, Will Fuller if he can come come back from I think he's tore his ACL maybe it was his MCL last year if he can come back from injury he'll look, he'll be great and then uh I, I just I don't I don't know their their defense isn't that great either. Uh, they their their secondary is weak. Uh, they did have a pretty good front seven last year, but Jadavian Clowney's holding out, and it doesn't sound like they're going to be able to sign him. Um, he the, he wants a trade. So it looks like they may be, tra- be trading him to the Dolphins at this point. Um, if they were able to get Laramie Tunsil, their their left tackle from the Dolphins. That would that would be great mm-hmm. for them. That would be huge for them, honestly. But uh, it doesn't sound like yep. the Dolphins are are ready to do that. The other one I'd really like them to see is to trade for Trent Williams, the left tackle at Redskins, who's also holding out. But um, who knows if that could happen? Um, but yeah. he, with all of that said, with a terrible O line, with losing the Mar Miller, mm-hmm. bad secondary, tough tough front seven, I still think they win this division. I think. Um, yeah. Uh, just a weak, real, real weak division. That's a that's the big thing. Is that, that's, that's really what it is. With with Andrew Luck getting injured, this is definitely the the weakest division in the league. Yeah. And I, I would, I so yeah, I, I think they win this, but I think they go one and out in the in the playoffs. Um, and the big the big question yeah. with the Jaguars is: Can Saint Nick bring a miracle to Jacksonville? That's that's the question. It's it's not yeah. whether D.D. Westbrook has a great second year. It's not whether Marquise Lee has a great year. It's not whether Leonard Fournette finally has that year we expected to come out. It's all about St. Nick, right? Yeah. Um, and and I'll say this about the Jaguars. They do have the third-ranked secondary with Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye. It's uh, a good D. Yeah. yeah, it's a great D. And the second-ranked front seven from last year with Calais Campbell up front. Uh, their defense is strong. Mm-hmm. But... And and honestly, I, the people are really low on the Jaguars this year. 
I think the Jaguars are going to be fighting for that spot. And again, it, I think it's just because, one, the, the biggest team this year is the Texans, and they have the 31st-ranked O-line. When you have the yeah. Jaguars D, I, they can exploit that. Yeah, they should be able to, if, if to they do well pressure, there. If they can pressure Deshaun Watson, force him to make some bad throws, that secondary can push, punish him, the front seven will punish him. It's just, honestly, it's all on St. Nick. I don't... I didn't love it. I didn't love him when he played for the Rams. I mm-hmm. thought he was overrated when he played for the, the stacked roster at the Eagles. I think. Yeah. I think. I think it was a good opportunity for him. I think he he did what was what was asked. Absolutely. It wasn't Absolutely. that much, but yeah, he, he did he, enough. He did enough. I, th- yeah. I think the ja- the Jaguars are asking more than the the, the, the Eagles were because again, that Eagles mm-hmm. roster is probably the best in the league. Um, mm-hmm. And so, but who knows? We'll, we'll, we'll see how well he does in Jacksonville. Um, yeah. And then the the Titans, they're just Marcus Mariota and Derrick Henry. They're probably their best players are just inconsistent at best and mm-hmm. just dog do to at worst. Um, yep. And then they have a decent secondary with Malcolm Butler and Adoree Jackson. That's about mm-hmm. it. That's all I'm going to say yeah. about the Titans. They're going to be the bottom of this division. Unless the Jaguars <laughs> the bed, I, yeah. I think like, that's the only. Or, or if the Colts are just really bad, I think the Colt. I don't expect it, but you know, maybe Jacoby Brissett is just awful. Fall apart. They fall apart. Yeah. Without Andrew Luck, it it can happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. So next up, we have the AFC East. Um, I don't think I have to tell you who's going to win this division. Um, <laughs> it's been the same team that's won it just about every year for the past twenty years. The um, Dolphins. You got it. The Dolphins who are going to be tanking for for two or pop possibly. Um, <laughs> and know it's the Patriots, obviously. Uh, you got Tom yeah. Brady, you got Edelman, you got Nikhil Henry or he- Harry, ugh, F- Philip Dorsett, mm-hmm. Demarius Thomas, who's injured but he's coming back, James White, Rex Burkhead, and Sony Michelle. I th- that might with with this. They did just have a, a injury at their center, but before that. They had the sixth-ranked offensive line by PFF. And mm-hmm. we'll see how big that the center going down, but this could be the strongest office Brady's had since that 07 Patriots with Randy Moss and Wes Welker. I'm, I'm ready to say that. Like, yeah, that's a... He there's, there's, not, there's not huge names on this team, but they're consistent. They're strong. Yeah. They, they got the best coach in the game. Good um, tools, yeah. Not to mention they have the fifth-ranked fifth secondary with Stefan Gilmore, who I just love. McCordy twins are getting a little bit older, but I think they're still good. And then still there, yeah. if, if Patrick Chung can get away with from this uh, cocaine charge, mm-hmm. he, he's always a good threat. Um, so I think yep. the Patriots are actually better than they were last year. Um, I think Michael Bennett is a step up from Trey Flowers, and the only step back they took was was Gronk retiring. Um, yeah, which is which is big. But I think they'll they'll find they'll find a replacement for him, and who yeah, knows? Yeah, and especially with how early it was in the season or like in the off season, it wasn't like this luck thing where they're they're scrambling at the last minute. They had plenty of time. They've planned for it. They're they're aware. Right. So. Right. I mean, they basically had a pretty good idea that he was going to retire the night of the Super Bowl. Um, yeah. Uh, and then the so I I think everyone else has the Jets as the second team in this as in this division who are going to be fighting for a wild card spot. I have the Buffalo Bills. 
<laughs> and uh, I, I can't believe I, if you told me a few years ago that I was going to be saying that the, the Buffalo Bills were going to be a great team, I'd, I'd, I'd laugh at you. But <laughs> I, think, I think Josh Allen's going to have a, an even nope. better year. Yeah, oh. I love Josh Allen. He's athletic. I don't. He's got a big arm. He's got a huge playmaker downfield and on his feet. I think the biggest thing against Josh Allen is the fact that he tries to force the ball sometimes, and I think he just needs to get better moving to his second and third reads. But he's a second-year quarterback, and I think that's that's something we do we see second-year quarterbacks pick up very well is is reading the defense, moving on to your second and third read because there were sometimes Josh Allen just stared down his target and it led to to stupid interceptions. Um, Well, my big thing with Josh Allen is that historically quarterbacks, their ceiling was the success they had in college. And Josh Allen in college wasn't successful. He was an average Mountain West quarterback. He was tall, he was strong, and that's why NFL scouts loved him. But he never really won. His his success rate was pretty low on average. Um. And so it's this whole idea of like, if he even can reach that point, he's just an average NFL quarterback. And I just, I don't, most quarterbacks don't reach that point. Um, And so I just, I don't think he'll ever do it. I think the struggles we saw from the first year are things that are just going to continue. I think he'll get better, but he won't ever be any better than average. And I disagree. I think the big thing, though, is they brought in help at the offensive line. His offensive line was terrible last year. Um, and they brought in, they signed five offensive linemen, and including drafting Cody Ford out of Oklahoma, who they're hoping has a big year. Mm-hmm. I, think that's, I think that's major. Um, they have John Brown and Cole Beasley now at wide receiver. That's huge. He didn't have very many threats last year. Uh, they brought in the 36-year-old Frank Gore, who seems to never retire. Um, yeah. And then they brought in uh, Ed Oliver from Houston, who who will beef up their defense. And then they picked up uh, Lorenzo Alexander at linebacker, who I think. Um, and uh, the, the, their secondary is great. With uh, I think they have the best safety deal in Michael Hi- Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer. Um, mm. And then Tre'Davious White is 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 great. Um, they won six games last year. I think they'll go nine and seven and fighting for that wild card spot. Um, you can disagree with me all you want, but I think I think you'll be surprised. Um, yeah, I'll die on this hill. Josh Allen is not going to be a good NFL quarterback. Okay, I, See, I think I think the next quarterback we're going to talk about you you might have a difference. I, Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold. You, I think you, he'll be okay. See, I don't I, think he'll be. I don't think he's going to be like all pro, but I think he's he'll be good. Did you you didn't watch any of his last four games last year? Did you? I didn't watch the last four. No. The last four games is is, is the year last year he had he had a sixty four completion percentage. He went six touchdowns to one interception. He picked up Adam Gase at coach. He got running backs in Le'Veon Bell and, and Ty Montgomery, who's going to help. That out is that is a good lot. help. Yeah, yeah, uh, that is a big help. Yeah. The 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 the, the, the scratch against Sam Darnold that I think. I think he's he's really got to get better. He was thirteen of fifty five for throws twenty plus yards down the field. That's 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 really bad. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the, some of the analysis shows that a lot of those throws or about fifty percent of those throws were catchable. His receivers were bad. So mm-hmm. um, hopefully with um, hopefully Robbie Anderson can have a good year. Um, and then Jamal Adams. Um, 
great in the secondary. He's all over the field. It's his third year. People were angry he wasn't in the top 100. He, he, people were arguing he should be a lot higher than in the net. And then Trumaine Johnson, probably the, the most overpaid um, corner in football right now. Hopefully he has the year closer to what he did at the Rams when he was labeled the best man-to-man corner. Um, but maybe not. Um, and then... And then we have the Dolphins, the <laughs> poor, the poor Dolphins who, uh, who are open. Yep. Fitzmadrick has a year, and and I really feel bad for Josh Rosen because yeah, that's a rough spot. The the, the to, when when you when you're at the Cardinals and you have a terrible offensive line and your offense is just the, the ranked thirty second in the league, and, mm-hmm. and then you're thinking okay, and then you get you're getting traded. You're thinking, huh? Maybe I get a better offense. <laughs> I, Things a, are looking up. Can't it get worse. A, it was almost a lateral move. He his offensive line is going to be worse, according to PFF at the Dolphins, which was what what killed him last year. Uh, mm-hmm. He just didn't have an offensive line, so he didn't have time to make the reads he needed, and he just looked bad. They have a terrible secondary. They picked up uh, Xavier Howard who I think will make a difference. But honestly, they're going to be tanking for Tua. Like, yeah. I, I wouldn't have any high hopes. Um, yeah, so the Dolphins are just going to be <laughs> this year. Um, and then moving to the <laughs> other the other division that, that I have a hard time picking a winner, we have the SE North. Um, oh, I already know who's winning that one. I I, I – <laughs> I think you're you wrong. know who I you I, know who I have picking that one. I know you who you have, and I think they're the third best team in this division. Oh uh, no! I, I think people I think most people disagree with me, um, and and I don't think they're the third ranked talent in this division, but I think they're the third best team in this in this this division this year. Uh, I think who actually pulls it out is the Steelers. Uh, I think Big Ben is just gonna look just the same as he always does juju will will take a little bit of step back now that he doesn't have antonio brown pulling coverage but yeah. i think this is the year that dante mcreef has a big year um he was okay. he was he was pretty good at the colts um behind ty hilton but he never had that breakout year we were wanting talks mm-hmm. out of camp he's 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 looking really good i i, I picked him up on my fantasy team i think he's gonna have a great year James Washington in his second year at Oklahoma State. I think I think he he'll have a big year. Ryan Switzer will be great, and then I think James Conner will take over. Um, I think he'll. You won't even. He miss. did well last year. He did yeah. look well. I I I think Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown being out of the out of the out of the building is actually a plus for them. Um, sure. uh, obviously, their their wide receiver core goes down a little bit, but I think the the distractions was just too much for them last year. I think they just need to focus. Yeah. Um, and the big things about the Steelers is they have not a great secondary, but they do have a great run defense, and they picked up Devin Bush at linebacker, who I think will help that. And they play the Ravens twice a year, so yeah. having a, a the great a top rated run defense is going to be is going to be huge for them there. Um, yeah. I think you see the Steelers focused and dialed in this year, and I think I think they make a deep playoff run this year. Um, oh, okay. Um, and then and then following them, I have I have the Ravens. I. I I love I love to watch the Ravens. Um, honestly, they might be a disappointment and take and not be as good as I want them to be. But I think Lamar Jackson, if here's the big question: if Lamar Jackson 
can throw better. I, I, I think he was a great running at the ball, but he, he lacked passing ability, honestly. And, and it doesn't help that his wide receiver one is Willie Sneed. Like yeah. when your best wide receiver is Willie Sneed, you're, uh, you're going to struggle a little bit, but, uh, they picked yeah. up Marquise Brown and Jalen Smith. Um, and they have another guy out of Oklahoma and their t- tight end, Mark Andrews, his second year, I think he'll have a great year. Talks out of camp saying that him and Lamar have built up a, a rapport together. And honestly, I think Mark Andrews is going to have a great year. Um, I think that the, the biggest thing for this, this offense though, is Mark Ingram. Um, they're, they're, they're best running back last year in a run heavy team. Well, the, the best running back was honestly Lamar Jackson, but behind Lamar Jackson, you had Gus Howard or Gus Edwards and Alex Collins, and they lost Alex Collins but picked up Mark Ingram, and I think that's a big, big upgrade for them. I think Mark Ingram has shown in his years at the Saints that he can he can carry the ball a lot. He can yeah. run, he, he's, he's just great, great running at the ball. They have a, a, a 11th-ranked offensive line by PFF, which okay. is, is important when you're running the ball that much. Offensive yeah. line opens up the running game. Um, they have the top-ranked secondary, and they – they, well, they had a top five ranked secondary last year and they swapped out Eric Weddle, who, who I love and I'm so happy he went to the Rams, but I think Earl Thomas is a step up. I think, I think they're mm-hmm. going to, they're going to be the top ranked secondary this year. Uh, they're going to be great. Um, and they did have the top 10, a top 10 run defense last year, but they did lose Terrell Suggs, CJ Mosley, Darius Smith, um, so, so they're not going to be as great in the run defense this year, um, but their secondary is going to be shut down, um, and they're going to they're going to just they're going to tire out defenses. They're going mm-hmm. to run the ball, and uh, yeah, I think they're going to get old power ball. Yeah, and I don't. Know, maybe I'm just too high on them. Maybe I'm too low on this next team, and that's probably probably it. The team that's going to win the Super. I don't think I don't think they're in Super Bowl contention. I think they're definitely a playoff contender. <laughs> I I can't I can't believe I'm about to say that this, but they did have the best rookie quarterback last year. Oh, no doubt. No yeah. doubt. Like at the beginning of the year I I told you that I didn't know who it was going to be, but Baker Mayfield wouldn't be the top ranked quarterback at the end of the year and i had to eat those words because he was up and away the best quarterback um baker killed it i loved it and they added obj yeah that's a big that's which, good which if obj can keep his attitude which i think playing for the browns if 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 if, if the browns can have the season that they they think they're going to it won't be a problem right yeah but if, if it starts to look like the giants last year you're gonna have problems um, yeah, I think a bit. There's just too much attitude in this team that if you start losing, it's gonna blow up. You got. I agree with that. Um, but they did pick up Kareem Hunt, who won't be there for the first eight games, but he will be there for the playoff push. Mm-hmm. Olivier Vernon, who hasn't been as productive as as we'd like. Greedy Williams, who's talking a lot of trash this off season. <laughs> he better be able to back it up. And uh, and they yep. kept Jarvis Landry, who. Good, not great. He just hasn't yep. had the production that that we expected, and he did go to college with OBJ, and they did look great in college together. So hopefully, he has a bigger year this year. Nick Chubb, who 
I think is one of the, the better running backs in the league. I think he's strong. And then Najoku is obviously a good tight end. Um, yep. The, the, the big question is if, is if Miles Garrett, Denzel Ward, and OBJ can be healthy. OBJ's missed yeah. 21 of 81 games he's played. Um, if he can stay healthy, if this team can stay healthy, though, they, they, they could be as good as people want them to be. And I want them to be. Um, I want them to be that good. I I'm excited for that. And I I think I think they're gonna do it. I think and I think they're gonna be the underdog team that people across the country are like, yeah, the Browns are winning. The Browns are in the playoffs. This is awesome. They have no chance of being an underdog team. Everybody is saying that they're gonna be winning the division and it's still a national perception. When a team hasn't won for so long, even if they're supposed to be great that year, they've always been bad. They're still the underdog. Okay. They got to make the playoffs once before they stop being the underdog. That's fair. Because, again, I think I think I think they're an eight and eighteen this year. I really yeah. do. I think I think they play in a really tough division against some really good defenses who are gonna maybe exploit some of the weaknesses Baker Mayfield showed last year. Um, but they just. They have the chance, man. They have a chance of being of winning their division and going deep in the playoffs. I just, I just don't think it's this year. I think it's, I think we should wait until next year. I think, um, give them one year to work together. I think give them a year for Kareem Hunt to come back and to have this mm-hmm. deadly duo of Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt for a year. Yeah, Greedy Williams, I think, is actually going to need a year before he's he's as good as he thinks he is right now. Um, <laughs> So, so I'm excited to watch them. I, I think they're going to be one of the most fun teams to watch this year, and I'm going to watch every single Brands game this year, assuming they don't go to shit. Yeah. And uh, speaking of shit, we have the Bengals. <laughs> um, I, 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 I don't know what to say about this team. They're going to be fighting with the Dolphins to be the worst team in the league. Uh, Andy Dalton has just been meh. I think this is a make-or-break year for him. They, they they picked up Ryan Finley from NC State in the fourth round. I'll be honest, I haven't watched a single snap that guy's played, so I can't tell you anything about him. Um, AJ Green's likely to miss a few games, which leaves John Ross. Eh. Eifert is one of the most productive tight ends when he's healthy, but he's played six games the last two seasons. So counting on him to be healthy is a big ask. And then everyone's high on the other Tyler, Tyler Boyd, but he's still got Andy Dalton throwing to him. He's still a Cincinnati Bengal. Mm-hmm. They're gonna be a, a four and twelve team, three and thirteen team. They're not gonna be good. They're gonna be just. They're just not an exciting team to watch. Their defense is not great. Their offense is not great. Their coach is not mm-hmm. great. It's just a bad, bad situation for them. Hopefully they can they can have a browns reawakening in a couple of years get a once they move on from andy dalton but until then they're just gonna they're gonna be stinking up this 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 division yeah and um, so to finish up i i can't see any way at the beginning of this season not putting the chiefs in the super bowl i think it's going to be them in the i think it's clearly going to be them in the patriots in the in the afc championship i think you know the Steelers are gonna put up a fight. I think the Chargers are gonna mm-hmm. put up a fight, but at the end of the day, it's gonna be those two fighting for it again in the AFC Championship. And yeah. I, I, I honestly think the Chiefs are gonna are gonna be able to pull it out this year. Hopefully, they can pull out home field advantage and uh, 
and they can win it um, because I love the Chiefs uh, and I want to see them do well. So, yeah, I like that. So, are your four? So, your six playoff teams would be the Texans, the Chiefs, the Patriots, the Steelers, the Chargers, and. And the, either the Ravens or the Browns. Right now, I have the Ravens, yeah, but yeah. the Browns, if if they if they play to their potential, I think the Browns are going to be playing that team. I just I think there's way too much chance for the Browns to blow up this year. That okay. I think it's going to be the Ravens. Um, the, the, honestly, the, the 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 Bills might be fighting for that spot at nine and seven, but I I, I don't know. So okay, so it's kind of between the Ravens, the Bills. And the Browns for that last playoff spot. Correct. Yeah, I think the Chargers okay. are going to be clearly in second place in that in their division and going to be clearly the wild card. And then uh-huh. like, that second spot is going to be up for those three teams to fight for. Okay, that makes sense. That's cool. I like it. And then just to, to preview next week, I guess we got the NF, NFC. I'll be talking about Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones, our rookie quarterbacks. Kind of oh, yeah, Daniel th- Jones is going to suck. I he, I disagree. He's not going to be good. I we'll disagree. talk about it more, but we'll, yeah. we'll talk. But we, I disagree. I think there's a little bit too much hype behind him, but I I, I disagree. Um, we'll talk about Dwayne Haskins as well in there, um, and then we'll talk about Ezekiel Elliott and. Uh, Dink and Dak Prescott and their contracts, and um, we'll probably we'll probably get in a little shot in there about the NFC Championship last year because as a Rams fan, I want to talk about it. Okay, that sounds good. I like it. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye.